What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Dudes of Sports News. Don't remember the name of it. I think it's 58. As always, my name is Garrett. I'm here with my co-host. What it do, what it do, Jalen Prince, and I don't remember as well. I think it's 58, I think. We'll find out later. Anyways, semi-live from the office in Savannah and then semi-live from a sports bar in Tuscaloosa is how we're doing this. We apologize for the background music, but it is what it is. We are on Wing Wednesday, and we don't, and we do not own the copyrights for this music that plays in the background. I can't hear the music, which is good. So, anyways, if you do hear music again, it's unsponsored. So, welcome back to another unsponsored episode of Two Dudes of Sports News. <laughs> Until we get a sponsor, you want a sponsor? Let us know, as long as it's a reasonable offer. So basically, we need to call it. We need to call this podcast the Unsponsored Two Dudes. No, the Two Dudes of Sports News. If we just start calling it unsponsored sports, that'd be cool until we actually get sponsored. And that then we have would to be a name. good idea. That, that would be a good idea. But then we'd have to change it once we get a sponsor. So okay, that... how about this? okay, how about this? Uh we could do we could uh, we could have that as like the banner name for if, if we ever get an Instagram or TikTok account. Yeah, not a bad idea. <laughs> just have it yep. say unsponsored yep. or pl- Treat it like a billboard. Place you're at here. Unsponsored TD and TDSN. <laughs> I love it. All right, well, let's get right into it, man. So, like, it was an active football weekend. Uh, a lot of highs and lows, especially for me. Um, we had some great wins and some uh, horrible soul-crushing losses. Um, I was getting attacked on Twitter, which it, that's just Twitter. I don't care. Don't don't go after people for for my sake. I thought it was hilarious. I I took a shot at somebody uh, and they fired back. And, or uh, or give death threats. Yeah, no, that, that, okay. Let, honestly, that's a great segue to get into it, man. Let's get right into it. The people who were sending the kid from Colorado State, and I will call him a kid, and his and his family, and his family. This is a child you're sending death. Like, yeah, he's 18, 19, legally he's an adult. I, that's a kid, man. Come on, like, yeah, it was a late hit, but even Travis Hunter came out and said he's like, leave dude alone. Like, don't I'm don't. Yeah, we've all been saying it like this because it, it happened. Oh, when did it happen? Wasn't Travis Hunter getting death threats when he went to Jackson State instead of Florida State? Do you remember that correctly? Travis, Travis, no, he didn't get death threats. He just got ridiculed. Yeah, they were like burning his jersey. They were burning Dion's jersey or something like that. Like, they, yeah. At what? I just, I, it, it's dumb, man. It like at the end of the day, this is a game, and the people who don't understand that, like, I look it. You and I, like, this is like a religion for us. Like, we grew up in the Southeast. Like, we understand the passion behind it. But that doesn't mean you send people death threats. Like, that's where I draw the line. True. There's a line that you just don't cross up. It's okay to be passionate. It's okay to look at it as more than just a game. And I'm one of them type of people as well. But... I understand there's a line that you do not cross. No, and you can clown people on social media. Like, that's fine as long as you don't get too personal and do, you know, or, or, you know, what happened with Alexander Mattinson. Like, I, I know you saw that. Like, that is, I, it, I, the fact that I have to say this is wild, but if if you think what happened to him is okay, stop listening to the show. For who? Mattinson, the Vikings running back. What happened to him? Oh, what, yeah. what happened to him? Oh, you didn't hear about that? I didn't. Well, no, I didn't. No. He got, so people were DMing him, uh, basically telling him to uh, unalive himself and calling him a bunch of different racial slurs and everything. So. What did, what did Madison even do? He fumbled the ball. Oh. Uh, 
But that doesn't justify it. That happened to everybody. Exactly. If you think what happened to him is okay and you have no issue with people DMing him and calling him, you know, different kinds of like horrible slurs. And again, I can't believe I have to say this. If you have an issue with or if you don't have an issue with him being called, you know, the things he was called or him being told to off himself because he fumbled a ball in a game and you see no issue with that. Stop listening. It's unacceptable, man. Like it, it, it's a game. No death threats. Don't bring like it. it it's ah, that. It, it's sorry. I'm trying. No, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's frustrating, man. And what, what made what, look here's the thing. We get the passion into it, and I'm going back to Colorado, Travis Hunter, because the reports are saying he's going to be out for the next three weeks, so he's going to miss the Oregon game this week. He's going to miss. Potentially the USC game in Colorado. He is. Like it's he's out for three weeks. It's week. Oregon, Colorado then, State, or Oregon, and USC, State. and uh, Arizona State. Yeah, so he's gonna miss all of that, and those were the biggest games that were scheduled on Colorado's schedule. So you hate to miss it. So, and we'll talk about the and we'll talk about uh, the Oregon game in a couple in a couple of moments. But um, look, you get it. It was a dirty hit, um, from, in my opinion. But at the same time, the kid didn't deserve no death threats. Exactly. Uh, I still felt like he should have got ejected of some sort because if you watch the replay, the ball was way beyond. It was clearly. It was clearly out, and then once it hit the ground, and once it hit the ball, dude got like Travis got hit. So like, play was basically kind of blown dead except mm-hmm. the whistle didn't blow immediately, and it was just unnecessary. But like that whole game, it was physical, it was chippy all the way down to the end. And um, yeah, I like I hate it for tra- I hate it for Travis, and I hate it for the kid for getting desperate. Yeah, it's and to I guess put it all put a bow on it. Like I said, I agree. If if you if you see no issue with sending someone death threats over a football game or calling them slurs over a football game because you didn't like how they performed, stop listening to the show. There's no excuse for that. There's no place for that. There's no reason to have that in this game. Because that's what it is. It's a game at the end of the day. Like, I I understand. Like, again, like, Jalen, I'm with you 100%. Like, I get the passion. Trust me. The amount of games I've lost my voice at screaming, you know, from the stands or on the sidelines and everything. Like, I understand. But like we said, there's lines you don't cross. Like, that, it's unacceptable. It's it's wild to me. That's completely unacceptable. But, like, the game itself was – go ahead, sorry. Yeah. But um, we know I understand it's a game, so but let's just go ahead and talk about the game. Itself. Let's get into the game. Yeah, let's get let's get out of the the other aspects of it. Um, let's get it. Like, let's start with Colorado, man. Let's go right into it. So, like, great game, Colorado State's, and like Dion even said it. He's like, our defense is about five or six people away from being really good, and he knew that. Colorado State exposed that defense for what you know for where their weaknesses are, and I think that's going to be. Oregon is going to start to exploit that. USC is going to start to exploit that. You can pass on these cats, and that's the issue. And we're in a passing league right now. You can pass on Colorado. You can't run on it very well, but you can pass on Colorado's or defense. However, their offense can keep up with just about anything, which is what's bailed them out of game so far. And Shador has been balling out. Shador's been balling. But to go along with what you said about Colorado's defense, uh, we knew that there was going to be overwhelming, o- well, overwhelmed uh, in that front. 
that was uh, one of the things that Coach Brown has mentioned on numerous occasions. Once he's able to uh, get to, like recruit and get guys like linemen to come to a Colorado, it's going to be a whole, whole different game. But he doesn't have guys right now, and it's showing. Uh, you can run on him a little bit if you get physical enough. But uh, credit a lot of those those players on defense. They got a lot of heart. Yeah, they fight hard. Um, but yeah, to mention what you said about the passing, that's only because they don't have no pass rush. No. Um, and that's been a problem, like not even just in college football, but also in the professionals as well. If you're not able to get to the quarterback and put any pressure on them, and you and they got enough time to throw on you, you get the results that you see, and see you're gonna get 30 to 35 points put on you on a consistent basis. So going in all the way down to U- UG Oregon against that tradition, against that program, against yep. that team with that quarterback. If you give him time and a whole bunch of confidence, no pressure, he's going to have a field day on you. And they got to find a way to be able to generate pressure. I understand they don't have that do- that like, that like lethal game record because that's what they're missing defensively for Colorado. They got skilled players like in the linebacker, or like in the inside linebackers and uh, cornerbacks and safety, even though they're not going to have Travis Hunter. Right. They don't have a pass rusher. And you got to be able to generate uh, like some type of pressure on the pass if you don't. They're going to carve you up every time, no matter how good your secondary is. Right. And honestly, like I said, I, I want to shout out Shador right now because Shador, for, you know, nobody thought he was going to compete at this level. A lot of people doubted it because they're like, oh, he just graded HBCUs, but that's not D1 football. Okay, but that also doesn't mean there's not talent at the HBCU level. Shador right now, is yardage-wise, is second in the entire entirety of college football. He's behind Michael Penix, but also – Washington does that air raid type system. So I can't fault them for that. But he's so, only behind. So does Colorado. They got that no, I know. But Shador is uh, 1,200 yards, 78.7 completion percentage, uh, 10 touchdowns, one interception. The only blemish that he has is the amount of times he's been sacked. But again, that's because that O line isn't as good as it could be. He's fourth in uh, college football in sacks. Exactly. So, like, it all goes back to the offensive line and defensive front. Offensive right. line has actually been playing a lot better than what we, than what we thought. But um, you can see it in that game. There was like they were getting some, um, they were getting some pressure, and you can make a case Colorado State should have won that game. But if you look at all the personal foul penalties that Colorado State had within that game, it cost them. It cost, and it, and it gave Colorado so many windows that are like they are, the uh, the the stay in the game and then going to win it. But, uh, and it's, the last thing you wanted to do is give Shadur Sanders a chance to win the game. But there was a couple of moments in that game where I, I like that was just made the game so so memorable and so mad. First off, we we had to start off how the game started. Mm-hmm. Shallow Sanders getting that pick and getting that pick six and taking it to the house. That was and, dope. I, and the announcer of it, and I hate that, and I hate that. I think his Marv Albert. Uh, I, I think his name's Marv Albert. I'm hating that I forget his name. He's one of my favorite commentators in all the sports because he has slogans he has so many great lines uh when he's calling the game and stuff but the call that he had on shallow sanders was absolutely magical him saying look at the sh- uh, showing the shoe bottom and then when he scored the touchdown something like his daddy to quote young a young money with little, little wayne and Birdman, bro that was straight up magical and was it lewis riddick no, it wasn't Lewis. Lewis was the co-commentator. It wasn't Lewis. It was the other guy. Oh, what is his name? 
Yeah, I like I love I love listening to him call games and stuff. But um that that play was memorable because Shiloh, he read the film, he saw he looked at the eyes, he bit on it right. Shiloh was everywhere that night. Shiloh balled out. He balled out. He like I think he led the team in tackles and like had a pick six and he had a fumble recovery. He balled out. Did, did what he's supposed to do. That was memorable. But uh I gotta was, go back. It was Mark Jones. Mark Jones. I love me some Mark Jones. It was Mark Jones. That's who it was. It was Mark Jones because yep. he was because they it everybody came out Are for you this talking game. about a guy that has so much class and so much class and professionalism, but he's able to like he's able to have some type of swag. Yeah, fun with like, it. The style. He has fun with it, and that's like that's what I like. And it, it's a fun job. It, it's a fun. <laughs> it's such. Why well, you think I'm trying to get into it? I know. That's what anyway, I wanted to do. Um, that uh, anyway, the pick six by Shiloh. And the other moment, and that's a bunch of other good moments, but mm-hmm. I, I I gotta go back to that ninety eight that ninety eight uh, yard touchdown drive that on uh, that Shadour left that Shadour led to tie the game up, sitting in overtime. 100%. You start off at the two yard line. Credit Colorado State punter for being able to like that was the perfect punt. That was the perfect punt that he put on. Shadour had a uh, I think first it was a seven yard seven yard uh, seven yard pass. Then it came into another thirteen. Then it came into a 36-yard down the middle. Then finishing off with a, I think it was a 40-yard touchdown to Jimmy Horn Jr., where he put where he put on the he put on the brakes to like take the ankles of the safety that hit that took out Travis Hunter to tie the game up. And then you make the two-point conversion um, <coughs> to be able to tie it up. Mm-hmm. But Shadur balled out. And then in like Shadur balled out and that he balled out in overtime. It was just like to watch him. Just take over the game, control the game in every which way. Mind you, he's not the fastest guy. He's elusive to a degree. He's not overly elusive, not a Lamar Jackson type or anything like that. But he's elusive enough to be able to make some play and to be a playmaker and make plays for his guy. And he's always going to feed the open guy. That's just him. Uh, he even quoted that like it was in Brady mode, and that definitely was Brady type mode for sure. Um, but but not even just him. The tight end on uh, the tight end uh, Harrelson. Mm-hmm. He's going to be an X factor if they have a chance to win and beat Oregon because he he had a he had an outstanding game, be able to make really clutch catches. If he's able to like continue to get better, he can like he could be a very key um very key factor for Colorado going against Oregon. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. It was a great game. Like I it was fun to watch. I stayed up the entire game. But it like it was such a good it, it was Really well played. Colorado State has a team that can get behind it. And what drives me nuts is the the people that are like mad at Dion for like how hype up like or like how hype the team is getting. They're like, it's only three games. I'm like, cool. That's three times the wins they had last year. And like everybody doubted, dude. It, like I, I got into it with somebody, I can't remember who, but I got into it with somebody, and they're like, well, I don't, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't like Dion. I think he's, you know, he, he's arrogant, he's cocky, whatever. I'm like, okay, but he's also one of the best to ever do it. He's a dual sport athlete and has been great in both. He's in the Hall of Fame in one of them. He's always been told that he can't do it, and he's done it. And I was like, you know, not only Those that, I said that are arrogant and cocky. I take it as like confident and confident, and he backs it up exactly. They're like, oh well, he he talks too much. It's like, okay, well, people take shots he can at him. Pack so it he, up. That's how exactly, he and he responds. But also, you got to remember this: some of the like, he played defensive back. If you 
if you don't have the no one is better than me mentality as a defensive back, you're not going to be in the league very long. And you're certainly not going to be one of the best. Some of the best corners in the game currently. Darius. Yeah. Some of the best corners in the league currently. Darius Slay. Jalen Ramsey. Jair Alexander. And I'm sure there's more that I'm I'm just going. Or, uh, Richard Sherman if we go all time. Yeah, I, I'm 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 just going. You know, off the top of my head, and some of the guys in the league currently. So like all these dudes have the mentality that no receiver on this field is better than me. Yeah, but here's here's the difference between Prime and all the ones that you mentioned. They, Prime never talked about nobody else. He always bragged on about himself. Mm-hmm. He's always been highly confident of himself. Like you Fair. go back and watch like documentaries and interviews of him. Uh, Prime has always been that way he's just carrying it over people that don't like it because they know how effective this dude uh, like really is this is why you've been seeing for three weeks you had matt rule jay norvell and the coach of tcu whose name slips uh, like slips in my mind right now they've all called him out because they're not used they not this is new to them because like they're so stuck in the old way no this is prime this always been what it had. heck we even go back to last year when um when eddie uh, like not, not eddie george but um the head coach of Alabama State, he called out. He called out Prime saying that he wasn't swag, and then that really blew up when Prime yep. had a response after that. We all yep. know about the song. We all know about the song that came after. So the point is, he's always been that. He's always been had that type of aura, aura around him. That type yeah. of energy that gives off good vibes and stuff that make you want to be around him and make you want to play for him. Now he's at taking it to another level. He's winning along with that. And people sick of it because like they can't be it. Not everybody got it. And so like you're not you are not gonna break him. Sonny Dykes is the TCU head coach, by the way. Exactly. But with but, uh, that oh, go ahead. With that too, you're right. Like it, it's it goes back to what we always talk about with trash talking. You want to stop it, shut it down. Be better. That's it. But let, exactly. let's move. We spent a ton of time on Colorado. Let's move on. Let's move on to another. Uh, th- we'll get to Bam in a second. I got to talk about. Your Gators. Uh, yeah. Your Gators. <laughs> Y'all did something. We're here. <laughs> Billy. Hey, oh, Biden, Billy got his signature win finally. It don't matter who the coach is for, um, for the volunteers. They struggle to play in games. Bro. Always. It, which was hilarious. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see what Joe Milton said before the game? He said, I don't lose in Florida. Bet. <laughs> Bet. You, will not make right. you got smacked in the mouth in Florida. Let's call it how it is. But, like, and it, it, yeah, they came back at the end, and I think part of the issue was Florida wasn't playing. Florida went the Atlanta route. They didn't play to step on their neck. They played to keep the lead, and that's the issue. You don't, you know. You take your foot off the gas. Yeah, you take your foot off the gas. You keep your foot on the gas, and you run away with it. And then you'll actually like you'll dominate at that point. But what Florida, the, what was the key? What was the key for y'all to win that game anyway? Like, so we're, I, really I can tell How you, so we're, it off? we're a run first team. So that's why we didn't. That's and honestly, I feel like that's part of the reason why Anthony Richardson didn't do as well as he's doing now in the NFL. He's doing better in the NFL than he was in college, arguably. And it's only been two games, but arguably he's doing better in the NFL than he did in college. So, which may be an unpopular opinion, I don't care. Uh, I think out of the three quarterbacks, and C. Lou, you'll you'll love this one. I think out of all of the rookie quarterbacks right now, Richardson is performing the best. Well, 
and I give Richardson credit, and also he's in concussion protocol, which is gonna mess up my fantasy and the fact that he was out. But I think he was about to have a. I think he was about to have a breakout. He was. Game. He was gonna go off if he didn't slow yeah, up. He, he would have been in that game still. Man, but he better take them jujitsu training like Tua and learn how to fall. That's what Trevor Lawrence told him after their game. He's like, "Hey, man, like you gotta protect. You better yourself. learn how to protect yourself. He yeah. like he got a chance because here's the thing. Richardson got the one thing that both Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and it showed that mm-hmm. like that they ain't got. It. No, he got protection. It, the thing with it too, he got what, a line. right? And what helps with him that a lot of people don't know, like, and he got weapons. Yes. So for me, and where I'm at with it, like, I think personally that. Richardson is performing the best because he's actually doing better. But like in, in regards to what the Gators are. So if you look at the Gators and you look at how they run, Billy Napier said it first because we're a run first team. So what they want to do is they want to control the clock. They're going to beat you on the ground. That's why we have Trevor Etienne and Montrell Johnson. That's why we have uh, Graham Mertz at quarterback who isn't known to be the run and gun, you know, Michael Penix or Shador Sanders type guy. He is the game manager type quarterback, which is what Napier needs in his offense. He needs big arm, game manager, drop it low, mid-routes, run the ball, and then no pop turnovers. one over the top on a play action. No turnovers. Take yeah, no turnovers. Hang on to the ball. Control the game, and we're fine. But that was the key to the game for us. The defense the defense stepped up. Y'all got pressure on them, and we I got, was really surprised to see that. We got pressure, and the fans were popping It off. was rocking in Gainesville, man. It was nuts. But like if you to pull up the Tennessee game, I got it was twenty nine to sixteen. So we won by we we won by two possessions, which I'll take. What helped us the most, honestly, was that second quarter. We put up twenty points in the second quarter. Now the problem is we only put up three in the second half. But y'all just kept getting pressure on y'all just kept getting That's pressure it? on Joe Milton. I mean, Joe Milton, like there was a, look Tennessee's never out of a game as long as they got Josh Heifel. And a quarterback that does have a strong arm, like Joe Milton, who I think got the strongest arm in college football right now. He does. Because, like, I feel like he could throw a 90-yarder with ease. Uh, he still hit a bunch of deep ball. Uh, he still hit, hit a bunch of deep ball touchdowns uh, late in the game that really kept him in. Because it looked like y'all got in control, but it only took one play for them to, like, you know, still stay in it. But y'all control the game so much. Y'all, y'all, like, y'all took away a lot of possessions. For the volunteers, we rushed for we were rushed for 183 yards. Trevor Etienne was 23 carries. No, God, no. Trevor Etienne, and honestly, part of the biggest of why Trevor broke off that 62 yard touchdown run was because the guy tried to shoulder tackle him. Yeah, you, uh, you get like you got to do better on that one. But, oh yeah, no, but, you know, and you know, in film that was a pause as he tries to shoulder tackle him, and then just slow look over at the guy and be like, you know what I'm gonna tell you. So after losing to Utah the way y'all did, uh, winning against a mediocre team the week after, and you getting a very big win and for your SEC opener as the Volunteers, uh, what can like can y'all can and can the type of win, win carry this into some type of run? Absolutely, like, get into some type of role. Uh, well, what's next? It, it shows we can do it. So like every we were supposed to lose this game. We weren't supposed to win seven games that, this year. That, that, that is true. So this is going to carry it. What I want is I want us to not, you know, get too big headed. And what's going to happen is I want to make sure we're not looking ahead to Kentucky because we got Charlotte this week and I'm not concerned about Charlotte, but I want to make sure that we're not looking too far ahead that we forget about Charlotte. 
So, but like to look at the stats, Graham Mertz only had five incompletions the whole game, the whole game. Five incompletions the whole game, no turnovers. Uh, 183 yards on the ground, three touchdowns on the ground, and then one passing touchdown. Like it, it's, we control the clock. We control the speed of the game. We're not doing hurry up. We're just going to methodically march down the field and just score. And that's the type of offense we are. So, which helps us a lot. And that defense looked good. Because if you look at what Tennessee had for yards the year before, and I'll, I'll keep it quick because I don't want to stay on this too long because I know we got a bunch of stuff to get into. If you look at what Tennessee had, you know, for the last couple games, they only had against us, they only had for total offense or total yards, they had 387 yards. So they out they, they outdid us on yards, but they only had 387 yards. If you look at what they had for the other games when they won against, you know, APSU, so Austin PV. If you look at what they had for stats, they had 456 yards. If you look at what they had for the week before with, I think it was West Virginia or UVA, sorry. Look at UVA. Yeah, if you look at Virginia. Yeah, in Nashville. If you look at Virginia for the yards, they had 499. They average over 450 yards a game. We held them to almost 100 yards less. Basically, their offense is going to is gonna put up points and put up a whole bunch of yards. That's what that's what it's designed to do. Right. But y'all controlled the game. Y'all were more y'all was a more physical team, and Tennessee wasn't able to handle that. They were like weren't out of the game, but they didn't have control of the game to be able to get get back into it. So no. credit to y'all Gators. And like right now, y'all in the easy part of your schedule with Charlotte coming. Um, got Charlotte this week. You got to go to Lexington the week after. Kentucky's three and zero, but Kentucky is a solid team defensively, offensively. I don't trust. I don't trust the Wildcats. No, I don't I, trust I their don't. offense. Their defense is great, but I don't trust their offense. This is going to be a defensive battle, and then we then got. You're back, then you're back home against Vandy to start off October. Not worried. Uh, then you got to go to Columbia against Spencer Rattler and uh, Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks, and they had that... a tough game in Athens. But I, I told the dog, man, if only the defense could get some stops, and if Rattler didn't lose his best receiver, that would have been a whole different story. Something about like number one receivers playing Georgia. That for some they don't stay healthy, man. Conspiracy theory: Get your tinfoil hats on. Yeah, but like again, your te- uh, really the Gators don't start getting real testy uh, until they go to Columbia. Then you got a bye week. Then you got to get ready to head to Jackson, like head to Jacksonville to face off against Georgia. Then you got Arkansas, and then you got Arkansas after that. You got to go to L- you got to go to Baton Rouge. Then you got Missouri, who came off a huge win against Kansas State on on the SEC's longest. Kick or like kick or like uh mm-hmm. PAT, or like not PAT, uh, field, goal. field goal, and then you finish the season with, uh, with the nose. So, you I'm know, gonna, I'm gonna, it's not, not a bad schedule, but overall, I might take I might take some heat for this. I think we have a chance against Georgia this year. We're gonna see, y'all gotta be like, but dog, his thing, you must be able to if you're able to run the ball, you got a shot. Exactly, but, you, but like knowing Georgia, they're gonna find a way to take away the run game. That's how Kirby is like, it's so strategically mastermind on that on that department i think so, we have the reason why i think we have a chance is because that offense is not but y'all gotta get pressure on beck we will if y'all but, able to get pressure on beck you gotta get pressure on beck and you gotta make sure brock bowers and that number one and that number one for uh for georgia don't kill you i want we want to force back to yeah we got a long way before then we and we got to force back to throw the ball yep uh um, so, but yeah let's move on let's talk about let's do florida state and bama uh, mainly Florida State. Boston College looked dangerous. 
they look dangerous, but look, give Boston um, Boston College credit because it was also uh, the red bandana game in honor yep. of a former uh, former Boston College um, student that Wells, was, yeah, Wells that was a uh, part of the 9/11 rescue team, mm-hmm. and you know that's one of the honorary games. I'll still never forget the story that ESPN made about that. Like that's why it always stuck with me. And when Boston College came down to Tuscaloosa for the Tuscaloosa Regional in baseball last year, I talked to a lot of people that were for uh, that were part of the Eagles. Um, they would t- they would tell me about that. So you know, give credit Boston College. They fought they fought hard and they hit Florida State in the mouth a little bit. They had a ch- they had a very good chance to win the game, but Florida State just showed that they were the better team. He had 300 yards to the air and 95 yards on the ground. Like that, he, Tom, Ca- Thomas Castellanos, their quarterback, is special. Is he a freshman? Sophomore. He was a UCF last year. He transferred. That's some potential. That's some potential with him. But Boston College got to do him right because again, now you have to look at guys can transfer. Mm-hmm. So the question being is, is Boston College going to do what they uh, do what they can to make sure he stays, or where would that kid and where is that kid going to be next year? Like next year. Yeah, I, I I think he'll stay. He's got a home with Boston College. He left UCF because he didn't want to play in UCF. I, I think he's got a home. He's a Georgia kid too. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I, kid's going to be special. It, he he looks like a cheat code. Uh, it, watching him juke and stuff like that, I mean, it, it reminds me of collegiate Kyler Murray. Not NFL Kyler Murray, but it reminds me of collegiate Kyler Murray because they're about the same height. They're both 5'10". Uh, yeah. he's, he's a little dude, but he, he's, he Look, seems faster. Florida, he seems to be more accurate. Florida State got a win. Credit to him. Yeah. Um, so good on their part. Boston College, they got something to build off of if they're able to do it right, but we'll see. Georgia Southern, we'll touch on that one real quick, and then we'll get in Alabama. Georgia Southern, uh, I, dude, we'll make it quick because we both agree. We had that game. We Georgia, had a chance. We, no, it, it, the, okay. For those who don't we know, had, Georgia Southern had, had six turnovers against Wisconsin. Or, uh, five, Wisconsin. five interceptions, one fumble. And I will and give. The fumble was in the red zone. And I will give. A couple of those turnovers in the red zone too. I will give Bryn two of those interceptions back because two of those weren't his fault. One of them he got hit while he was throwing it, and the other one in the end zone that was a perfect play by the defense. I'll give him that. But even then, you're still looking at four other turnovers. Yep. <laughs> like we know what the issue was. We had a chance to win that game. We should have won that game because they couldn't stop us. They couldn't stop us. Our defense was playing. Like, this made me feel so good. Our defense mm-hmm. has been really good the last few games. Which has been now, nice. The problem is we still ain't got no pass rush. No, we have zero pass rush. It's been a problem so for years. Don't have a pro- Dog, it's been our year since Raymond uh, since Raymond Johnson III. Yep. Like, uh, back, in tw- back in 2018. Like, that yep, was when I remember. we had a really good defense and we had a pass rush both inside and on, and on the outside. We ain't got that right now. And it's, it, like, it's going to hurt us, but, like, we fixed the run deep. We had uh, – cut that out. I got you, man. Uh, but defensively, it's been much improved. It's been good. Secondary has been playing a whole lot – been playing really really better than what I thought. And our defense is going to be really good going into Sunbelt play. But we had, we had a bunch of opportunities to really we win did. that game. And I'm hoping that's just a bad day for um, – What's quarterback's name again? Bryn. I'm hoping that's just a bad day for Bryn. 
But man, like when we took him out in the play calling that we did, that Edwards called, uh, uh, not Edwards, Ellis, the offense coordinator for Georgia Southern, that he called against Wisconsin. I'm just hoping, like it, it felt like they just gave up and they just they let did it go. No, they absolutely did. But also and the I, kid, I hate that. the kid they put in to replace him, that was like his first game, yeah. and you could see it. He wasn't going through his progressions. He was looking at his first guy, maybe his second guy, and if the first option wasn't there, he was looking to run. Which you'll you'll teach that out of the kid, and it'll be fine. But the team, we stopped us. Wisconsin did not beat us. We beat us, hundred percent. They took advantage. Yeah. Of, they took advantage of it. We had so many opportunities. They capitalized like, on our turnovers. Them turnovers killed us. Yeah. Also, we, losing Jalen White didn't help as well. No, but here and we'll. I mean, we could beat that one to death. I mean, Southern should have won that game. Wisconsin yep. beat us. Good job, Wisconsin. We got to talk about Bama, and I uh, think we? A, we'll make it quick. Here's what I think. I think Saban put in the other two quarterbacks for a reason to show that Milrow truly is the best option. That's not a good thing, but it showed that he is the best option of the three because the other two quarterbacks, you you should not have only put up 17 against USF. You want to add some more or you, you want to just go ahead and let me release? Go for it. That, that was it. Y'all should not have put up seven. You should have put up three times as much at USF. But I think Saban said, hey, this is why Milrow's our guy. That was one of the worst performance um, performing, performance games that I've seen as a Bama fan for my many years. And it ain't that many years. But a win is a win. Yeah, that yeah, was my dumb. main focus going into it. And I told a lot of people, a win is a win. And people say, and like Bama fans said, like, we shouldn't be proud of this. Yes, the heck we should. Dubs because we survived. We survived that. A dub is a dub. And now we got to go back to the lab, which they've done, and fix the things that we need to fix. I'm going to focus on the positives. Positive mm-hmm. one, our defense did what the heck they were supposed to do. Take advantage. Right. Like, one, you took advantage of situations. Two, you made uh, you made, you did get turnovers. Still got to cut down on penalties, but you did get turnovers. The other thing is we uh, defense was able to finally get to the quarterback, finally get a pass for us, finally put pressure on the guys, and you wrapped up and you made plays, and you got key fourth down stops. You can carry that with you going into Ole Miss this week against Lane Kiffin. I was happy about that. Positive two. Offensive line still, ha- still has been inconsistent, but we did were able to get, uh, get some level of a push every time we were in the red zone. Rodell Williams, he looked he looked good. You can carry that with you and improve and improve on that going into the next uh, going into this week's game. Right. That's about all the positives that I got. Here's the negative. And like also uh one more key positive. Ty Simpson didn't look that bad. He got hit a lot because he didn't look that good, but he didn't look that bad. That was designed. Caden Proctor, the freshman left tackle. He's a freshman, man. He still he still hasn't learned yet. There's still so much he's missing that he got to learn. Heck, his technique was off on a few sacks. But that stuff you can carry with you going into the next game. You got to continue to improve. Now let's get to the next. Mm-hmm. Tyler Buckner shouldn't have started that game. And, dog, he looked like he couldn't throw. No, he really he didn't. At, he looked like he couldn't throw. Bro, he reminded, like, he looked like Markel Folks trying to shoot a jump shot. Like his throwing motion was like that. Heck, that's a dude that plays like quarterback for Long Island. That his release, his release is a straight up frisbee throwing 
type quarterback. I saw that. That was and, funny. And he looked like and he throw and he got a better motion and he throws better than Buckner. That was bad. That was rough. Other negative offensive line just wasn't as good again. But third negative, Tommy Reese has got to find a way to do better because he was bad. That Honestly, was bad. yeah. Play calling, designing, game plan, nothing, misdirection, too predictable. You can't do that. You cannot do that. Think about – here's what I loved about uh, – I want to go back to the Gators game. The thing okay. that I love a lot about the Florida Gators, y'all use a ton of motion right. to set up your blocking in right. the run game. You must do that in college football. You cannot just go ahead and hike the ball and expect them to go out and make some blocks. They're not built like that yet. They're not good like that where they say, we're going to run at you. We're going to block you. You can't stop it. We're not that we don't have that offense line. So you got to be creative on how you're able to run the ball. A lot of people say they want to run the ball and control the game. That's talk. You got to find a way to be creative with it. That's what I love about the 49ers. That's what I love about the Rams in the NFL. I love teams that are creative on how they run the ball. You don't just do it traditionally. That thing is outdated. So with Tommy Reese, he better find a way to be creative going this week against Ole Miss. But outside of that, the unlike the bottom line is the bottom line. We got the dub. We did not play great. We learned. Uh, I think we learned a lot from that game. We're gonna see how much we truly learn going into Saturday against Ole Miss before our season opener, before our conference opener. But Milrose going back to quarterback. He's the best option. My only questions with him, and it's been consistent since day one. Can he get better at reading an SEC defense? Because that was my main concern after watching the Texas game. He has a talent. He's uh, He has a talent. He ain't raw no more talent-wise. He's gotten better with his awareness. Is reading coverages and making the right decisions and taking care of the ball. Do you know We're what's going to happen? Here's what helps with that and why I think Florida does a good job with it and the teams that do a good job with motion. What it does is it simplifies the offense. So it makes things exactly. easier. If you send someone in motion, you can see if it's man or zone. So if you're like, is this cover two? You know, is this going to be a blitz and they're, you know, it's straight up man? Is this cover three, cover four? You know, what what's up? If you send somebody in motion and the guy and the linebacker, the slot guy runs with your, you know, receiver, running back or tight end or whatever, you can go, oh, dope. Okay, it's man. <laughs> and not to mention, motion is going to set up your blocking as well as going to yes. make it easier, or like a lot more easier and simpler for your offensive linemen to make sure they get their right guy in the right assignment. What what needs to happen and what I think Alabama should do to kind of help Milrow out early in the game, I want a lot of it, it, you do play actions, you do motions, you do bootlegs. Because what happens and you do a lot of RPO. And if you, you exactly gotta do RPO. And if if you do bootlegs though, what happens with that is if you roll out to one side, what that does is you no longer have to read the whole field. You just have to read half of it. Not only that, you give him a ton of space, so if somebody try to get get at him, he can use his athleticism to yes. get away from it. Now he got to protect the ball, though. The other thing is also you move the pocket around. You yes. can't just do a straight drop back. You got to find a way to simplify almost everything. But that's the job of the creator of, of the offense coordinator, mm-hmm. and he's got to be able to figure that out. If Alabama, if Alabama can do play actions, motions, RPOs, and bootlegs early on in the game to build up Milrose confidence, y'all can win this game. Yeah, we don't like I don't think we just win it. We can dominate it. Defensively, Absolutely. I, I, defensively, I got a lot of confidence in, in our defense right now. Now the other side of Kool-Aid McKinstry at cornerback, that's still up for jury because we still move guys out. It's either Terry Arnold or it's either the transfer out of Lafayette, uh Am- uh like Amos. 
But Malachi Moore, he looked like he's back. Caleb Downs, he's been balling. Jaden King, strong safety, been balling. Uh, the linebackers, the front, they gotta be, they got to, they gotta be consistent. You got to be better. But overall, I got confidence in my defense right now. Honestly, so, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But offense, it's gonna be on offense. We got to, we gotta score. We gotta put up points. If you don't score and put up points, you're not winning the SEC. And well, that's, speak- uh, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, we're speaking of confidence in offense. Let's talk about the Heisman real quick, and before we get into NFL football. So let's go over the current, you know, odds favorites to win the Heisman. And then you and me, let's give our top five. See what we would change, who we'd add, what would happen. So in order uh, from most likely to least likely, the top 10 odds per fan duel for the Heisman winner. Number one, Caleb Williams. Number two, Michael Penix. Number three, Quinn Ewers. Number four, Sam Hartman. Number five, Jordan Travis. Then Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, mid uh, <laughs> Jaden Daniels, Shador Sanders, then Dylan Gabriel. So I know what I would change. What would you change? Uh, I got Caleb. Uh, like my list, I got Caleb number one. I got Shador number two, based on moments and stuff. Um, I'll get Penix number three. Uh, you can't argue with the stats and everything that he's done. Um. Who was fourth on that? Who was fourth on that overall? Sam list? Hartman, the Notre Dame quarterback. I don't see him I'll at four. I put him five, but you know how I feel about Notre Dame. I wouldn't put him at five. So my mine are Caleb Williams first. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take I'm gonna take him out. So like I gotta see him playing like actual big ga- big yeah. games for Notre Dame because like I don't want to see I don't want to see Notre Dame in the college football playoff until they join the conference. I agree. So, so for like, me, no. Uh, no. So for me, my top five, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix are one and two. I'd put uh I'd put yeah, Travis I, Hunter was Travis Hunter was on my list before the injury. You I can't put, argue with a guy that's playing on both, on both sides of the ball. Nobody no, and, and and I could put Ewers at three. Um, but I would probably Yeah, that was the other one. Quinn okay, uh Quinn Ewers, uh, Quinn Ewers will be three, Penix will be four, and um I'm taking the dude out of Notre Dame at five. Um Dang, I'm going Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, uh, Quinn Ewers, Jordan Travis, and then Shador. Okay, yeah, Travis would be five. So give me Williams, Sanders, Ewers, um, Penix, and then I'm going, and then I'm going, um, dang it, I just, look, my mind, Jesus. So, like I said, for me, it's if you look at Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, one and two. Oh, and Travis, Travis, Travis. Yeah. So, Caleb Williams for me is number one. Michael Penix, number two. Quinn Ewers, number three, because he has a, a signature win. Jordan Travis at four, because, again, another high competition signature win. And oh. then Shador at five. And that's not a shot at Shador, but they have had, outside of TCU, they've had a relatively easy schedule. No. Do, it, no, hang, I'm not doing. Hang, hang, hang on, hang doing, on. Let, no, give, me, give me a minute. No. Give, give me a minute. Hang on. When you look at and that's TCU was ranked too high. TCU should not have been ranked. They should. They should because they were in the national championship, but not that give, high. You still get no. They were right where they need to be. It, it's in the late teens. If they were top fifteen, I agree with you. They were top twenty. 
I'm at least giving. I'm at least gonna um put. They were at 17 to begin the season. I was fine with that. I would have had them at 20. I get that you can, you can go that case, but I'm not gonna say like they were ranked too high. Nah. And that, but and that's it's not a shot at Shador. Shador has been dominating. I just think that Jordan Travis has the signature win against a top five team. LSU. Yes. Yep. Quinn Ewers has a win against a top five team. Yep, in, in Tuscaloosa. Caleb Williams is the reigning Heisman, can't, or reigning Heisman, so he, he's obviously the favorite to repeat. And Michael yep. Penix statistically is the best, arguably the best quarterback in college football. Okay, who is Washington face? I'm not taking my – I am just I just want to know, uh, like, who's, who's – uh, Give me one second. I'll, I'll look too. No, I got it. So Washington faced uh, Boise State, Boise who they, State, they cooked, and, and they were at a Mel Tucker Michigan. They were at a Mel Tucker list. For, for, yeah, it was like formerly Mel Tucker's Michigan State, and again, and completely within cooked three games. Within three games, he's at one thousand one thousand three hundred and thirty-two yards, twelve touchdowns with a nine, with a ninety-four point four QBR. You want to see how many times he's been sacked? How many? One. Okay. He plays smart. Offensively, he does they play have... smart, and he and he's and, no, he's legit. He's gonna be he's gonna be one of the top quarterbacks taken uh, in the upcoming draft. They haven't scored less than forty points in three but games. Dog, they That's played crazy. State, they played Boise, Boise State, Tulsa, and Michigan State without Mel Tucker, and no, Mel and Tucker's I... gone. Like they don't get they don't get a challenge game until October twenty eighth when they get when they scratch that. They don't get a challenge game until October fourteenth when mm-hmm. they got a, when they got a host Oregon. And then after that, they got Oregon, Arizona State, at Stanford, at USC. Then they got to play home to Utah, who beat you, who beat your Gators. Then they got Oregon State. DJ Uyunglele comes and missing him. What? Clemson is missing talent. It, it, it's Clemson. and they missing they, and they missing coaches. Dabo is tragic. And here, here's but we, again, but we ain't gonna get into that. Penix, I'm a, yeah, a Penix, we get look. I gotta knock him down. He's in the Heisman conversation because he's gotten off to a good start and he's taking advantage of teams that they're supposed to be. I'm not. I'm not gonna knock that. But for Sanders, he and Colorado beat teams that nobody thought they was gonna beat. Yeah, again, I'm not knocking outside Shador. of Colorado State. I'm not knocking Shador, but he is definitely he he's in the top five. I just think he's number five. I got him at number two because of the moments that he had. I'm, I got him at number five. And that, yep. again, not a shot at Shador. He is a yep. yeah, absolutely a Heisman finalist. And he should be miles ahead of Sam freaking Hartman. And he yep. should not be behind J.J. McCarthy. And he should I'm not sorry, be behind yeah. Jaden Daniels, who's already lost a game and yep. disappeared against Florida State. Dylan Gabriel, I will keep at number 10 just because they've been dominating everybody. But it's also the Big 12, which nobody plays defense. Nobody. No. So we'll move on from that. Let's get right to the NFL. Let's do four NFL games, and then let's do a contender, pretender, or panic and not panic based on the couple weeks in. So, Jags game, I'll keep it brief. Offense threw the game away. We were 0-7 to the red zone. We were on the goal line. We threw it. We had drops. We had everything. Offense was rough, and the coaches and players will admit it. Um, but our defense balled out. We held the Super Bowl champions to 17 points. I can't be mad at that. And we were still in that game until we until Mahomes did what Mahomes does and hit Sky Moore on that broken play to get him into the red zone. 
Look, I'm happy that Travis Kelsey was able to score uh, score in that game because that helped out my fantasy. That's just me being selfish. Going on along the game, look, you get Travis Kelsey. That was the second game. I think that was what his first or second game back. Second first game back. First game. That was his first game back. So he looked a little bit rusty. Uh, but they were gonna figure out. As he was game. talking a lot for a guy who wasn't producing. That's what he does, though. That's just Travis Kelsey. That's, no, I, like you remember, he had a, he used to have a talk show. Like uh, like well, he used to have a talk show. He still has a show with his brother. They do a podcast. Yeah, that's a but, podcast. That's a podcast. The, like, the thing for me with, with Kelsey, it, it's he he's got these, and I I get being passionate about the game, but don't don't run away with it. He's the re like it. What is he threw his helmet? You remember the game where he threw his helmet? Yeah. Justin Houston chewed him out. Yeah. He threw a flag. He threw a towel at an official. He threw flags yeah, in the air. Did, to yeah, the- like, oh yeah, like all passionate guys are gonna have their moments like that. But look, he was able to fit. Look, uh, with but there's one every they, year. They, they got too much experience. They're champions. They're gonna like. They're, they're gonna have moments like that, especially with Travis Kelsey. Uh, but look, credit here, your Jacks defense be able to hold them down as long as they did. But like tremendous. Chris Jones, he, he like he Chris showed Jones him crushed why. It. Chris Jones he good. showed him why they should have paid him his money. Here's what I'm sick and tired of. I'm sick and tired of people saying the Jaguars play dirty. We don't. We didn't play, we don't play dirty. There was a guy who got dragged who said, look at all these dirty hits by Cisco. And I'm like, dude, like every single one of those hits, he did not lead with the crown of the helmet. He led with his shoulder and hit the person square in the chest. That's not a dirty hit. That's football. And it's a bang, bang play. It wasn't done 30 minutes after the catch. It was done in the moment. And then you have a guy like Reed, who I don't know if you saw the play. Calvin Ridley dropped the ball. And then three seconds later, Reed comes up and slams into him and hits him to the ground. Like that's a cheap shot. Like that's not necessary. But like, but we're we're the dirty team. Like, Get out of here. Shut up. It's cheap. Chiefs fans are going to chief. I get into it with one dude who I told him, I'm like, because I, I thought we were going to win. And I was wrong. And I admitted that. And dude was I like, I had a chance to win too. But, bro, like I said, give credit to Kansas City's defense. I mean, yeah. Chris Jones, he showed he showed him why he's, he's one of the top five defenders in, yeah. like, in the league. Like, they put him everywhere. They found. Kansas City is going to find some, like, some mixed ma- like, some mixed matches. I love seeing Jawan Taylor. Line. I love seeing Jawan Taylor get called for all the false starts. That, what, bro. They got to figure that out. <laughs> they did. They and did. He got flagged so many times. And no, they were like, like, I mean, like, Kansas City got to figure that out because they've had too many opportunities. They just happened to get away with it a lot, of, like, the first and the first, like, first game. This one, they weren't able to get away with it. And it, and it showed. I love but the Chiefs. Offensively, I think, uh, I do believe y'all going to be fine. Trevor Lawrence is still is still a good, but dog, the goal 0 for 4 in the red zone. Yeah. Not no, win that, games like that. no, I feel bad for the Texans because they're about to run into a wood chipper this week. That's oh, I nice. got Travis Eaton starting uh, starting this week. Oh, we're, we're and he we're, has and he and he's been having a really good game. We're Texas. we're going off against Houston this week. I just I loved the I, I got into it with a Chiefs fan who was telling me how you know all the Jaguars fans going to blame the rest when we lose, and then after they won, he but he says refs tried to give you that game. I'm like again, dude, you're the only one who's ever mentioned refs. I just said what was going to happen. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. It is what it is. There were plenty of missed calls on y'all that didn't get called. A la Reed hitting Calvin Ridley super late. Like, come on now. True, but, man. There was yeah. one throw that I thought Calvin really had his foot in bounds, but he's yeah. out, man. I know. 
Zay, Zay dropped. We had drops. We had cramps. We we looked rough. It, it, man. Ha- it, ha- it happens, but like uh, I yeah, think y'all happens. still gonna be fine. Y'all still gonna win your division. Uh, Kansas City. They needed they needed to win to avoid that whole mm-hmm. being old for two talk. But you know, it's uh, also it, it's week two. Like I'm not that yeah. worried. So, but you let's know, move but on. Like we're gonna get we're gonna get into the team we'll, that we'll are that should that should be worried. We'll, we'll get make it quick. Uh, Denver, Russ is cooked. Okay, no. Yes, he is. He's cooked. No. Yes, he is. No. He's done. No, bro. Deceased. No. No. <laughs> Deceased. Benito. No. Yet. His, no, no. His career. No, no. Russell, he's cooked. Okay, so let's see. Did you forget he, the he, first? Did you forget the first? Did you forget the first half? They were up by twenty-one. And he, um, I'm trying to think. Where was Russell touchdowns? No, those would be passing touchdowns that he had. Russell Wilson is a Fourth of July dog. barbecue. He is cooked. No barbecued. No burnt. No. Low and give slow. You Watson cooked. No. Oh, he, I will not give you Russ. They're no. both cooked. Russell. Russ was not the reason that they lost that game against Washington. One, I give a ton of credit to Eric. B. That's another thing. Uh, that's another thing. Mitchell, real quick. Kansas City misses Eric Bieniemy a little bit. Oh, they, they miss him a little. Do. They miss him a little bit. Bieniemy is going to be a head coaching candidate this but year. B- but Bieniemy, he's doing a heck of a job. He's doing a heck of a job. Just having said, Howell, uh, I was happy for Brian Robinson. He had two touchdowns in that game. Uh, but Russell wasn't the reason that they lost that game. No, the defense just the defense couldn't even touch on uh, Howell. No, the, the defense can touch them. No, they had pass interferences. They had penalties left and right. The defense has been the issue. Been the issue so far because hold on. Give me, give me. Russ and the reason why I say Russ is cooked in that end zone play for the the two point conversion. Did you see he had Jerry Judy going to a wide open? You know he was going to the left of the end zone, wide open. Nobody near him. The issue is Russ's decision-making at this point. It's not the athletic ability. It's not the completions. It's the decision-making and the inability to see the field at this point. He's not seeing it how he used to. And right now, Pete Carroll looks like a Pete Carroll looks like a genius. Because Pete, Car- Pete Carroll got so many draft picks, and he's winning with Geno Smith. Okay, look, we already know they won. We, look, we want Seattle. We won the Russell Wilson trade without, without question with that. Uh... Jury's gonna be still out for Devin Witherspoon, even though he had even though he had a couple of good moments against the Lions. We're not gonna get into that. I'm just happy Seattle got that win because I didn't think we was gonna do it. Um, after the way our defense played against the um, like the Billy Goats in Week One. But anyway, with Russell, look, start the season, he got 480, he got um, 485 yards. Mm-hmm. He has a 68 uh, completion percentage. He's only had one. He only got one interception, five TDs, a passer rating of 108. Point five and a sixty-one point five QBR. That ain't bad, and the dang show ain't cooked. Last year it was bad, and a lot of that was credited to Nathaniel Hackett. Now, you, can you say he's playing more conservative? Conservative? Yes, you can. You can do that. Last week we saw a little bit more aggression. We saw the deep balls of Russell Wilson being able to connect. There were other moments in the game, but dog, you look at this defense. It has not been good. The last few games, and like the last defense few games, hasn't man. been good. Defense and defense is the reason why the chart why Staley might get fired from the Chargers, bro. Like I'm looking, I'm looking at these defensive stats as a team, bro. They only got four sacks right now. Mm-hmm. Defense is good. Season the defense isn't good, but here's what I will say. He's still, and I, I don't expect a perfect game. I don't. 
But when uh, you're one she, of the, I can't tell sometimes. Uh, I easy. <laughs> I can't tell. I, I can't tell. I don't expect perfect games, but you should not. It, it, I'll take shots at Justin Fields too. Justin Fields has been stinking it up the first two, and we'll get into this later. Okay. Justin Fields has been stinking it up. He's been missing wide open reads. Especially okay, Russell Wilson is one of the top paid quarterbacks in the league. You should not be missing wide open reads. Think about this. Denver's offense has scored 49 points in two weeks. Denver's defense has allowed 52 points in two weeks. Uh, let's see. Denver's defense has allowed 48 first down on 48 total first downs. First down penalties, Denver got 10. Third down efficiency. It's at 38. It's at 38 percent. So by even to their offense. Fourth down efficiency. Oh, they can't stop nobody on fourth down. No. Passing. Let's see. Passing yard. They allow 466. Mm-hmm. But the sack total. Think about this. Russell's gotten sacked nine times and nine times. Denver has only gotten four sacks again. The problem has not been the offense because the offense has generated 350 yards per game. But the defense is allowed for 341 yards per game. So I just, if the I, defense can be able to play a little bit better while the offense is clicking, because the offense has not been bad. I'm saying this again. The offense has not been the problem. Russell, Russell looks way better than what he did last year. You can at least admit that. No, I'll give you that. He looks better, but he's not. He, he ain't he, cooked. I, mm. He ain't cooked. He's not the same player that he was when he was in Seattle, when he was able to maneuver he, and make and like and pull a rabbit out of. Um, rabbit okay, okay, okay. Here's what I'll give you. Here's what I'll give you. You get Deshaun Watson and you have Russell Wilson. Russell, they're they're both stakes. Russell Wilson's more like a medium. He's not. He's not rare and you know yep. legit, but he's also not completely overcooked. Deshaun Watson is a. You well just said done. he was cooked. He's he's okay. He compared to what he used to Did be. You, would you like to can retract that? No. Look, let me you say. Can, look, hey, you hey, can hey, say. Hey, look, hey, you, hey, can hey, say hey. you can say Russell ain't the same no more. I'll agree with you on that, but he ain't cooked. I compared to what he used to be. I get that. Then you say. Then you don't say cooked. You say he ain't what he used to be. I'm saying he's cooked because he's clearly on the downswing. But he ain't cooked though. He's still I, edible. Pause. I, <laughs> I we're we're gonna have to agree to disagree on this. He, if if they're again, if they're both stakes, Russell Wilson is a medium to medium well stake. Deshaun Watson isn't even well done. Deshaun Watson is congratulations. <laughs> that man is cooked through and through. You want to just go ahead and get in that brown, brown? Let's get right into it, man. It, it's Deshaun but Watson. Once again, but once again. But once again they, bro, Eric Bieniemy, he's doing a heck of a job. Bieniemy's doing a great job. Bieniemy's like, doing a great job. I, I'm, I'm not gonna get overly hyped on Washington. They were finally able to get a pass rush, like with uh, with Chase Young, because that was his first game back. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy for him, happy to see him back. So, can they make some noise? Because again, it's the Eagles, it's the um, it's the Cowboys right now. Mm-hmm. And the Giants, they were able to get that comeback, but it's against the Cardinals, so I ain't, I'm not even told. Oh, no, Cow- Cowboys have they're gonna make Cowboys have two more easy weeks. Look, they're gonna make some noise because Eric Bieniemy, dog, you give you got Eric Bieniemy got Jahan Dotson and Terry and like Scary Terry, mm-hmm. uh, McLa- uh, McLaurin. So let them let, let, like let E be cooked, but yeah. um, 
Let's get we'll get into Cleveland real quick, man. Deshaun Watson, what what have I been saying for a very long time? I get you that. He's done. He looks like he hasn't, and I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. He looks like he hasn't picked up a football in two years. That's what I'm saying. And yes, you know, I expected Russ the first, you know, Rusty games the first few games back. We all did. But he's played eight games for Cleveland so far, and he has looked like mid through all of it, which if you're mid as a quarterback, you know, fine, whatever. But you should not be making top quarterback money. Dude looked bad. Look, we we'll go ahead. Look, I'll agree that Cleveland made the worst trade in NFL history. Oh, it was horrible. I will definitely agree to that. That was bad. And they can't move off him because that's an untradeable – like, he's an untradeable player right now. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to take that contract. So there's nothing they can do. It's tough. But losing Nick Chubb, uh, it hurts them. And we'll talk about what, what like, Nick Chubb's injury, injury is going to mean for the uh, state of the running backs as far as, as, far as like, market value mm-hmm. and, like, financial stuff later. But – Look, Deshaun Watson, he didn't play he didn't play his best. They're like he didn't look bad, but he was not great and he wasn't good. Um a lot of credit to go, like just he had some good runs to get first downs. He had a two point conversion. Uh he had a good block for Jerome Ford, um, Ford former uh, Alabama running back that transferred to uh, Cincinnati back and played with Desmond Ritter that when they made it to the the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. He's going to step up, not to mention his uh, fantasy football value is going up because they're going to need him to be able to run run like that again. When you're Cleveland uh, – and Cleveland's defense did not play the best as well. And, well, okay, it kind of did, but they just had a few slip-ups, especially like letting um, George, like, um, George Pickens get going and let um, uh, uh, Pickett, you know, like Pickett be able to get some confidence in him. Kenny, like letting Kenny Pickett get uh, get confidence. Mm-hmm. Once that stopped, you just see you just see it going back and forth. Not much to celebrate much with Steelers on their part outside of T.J. Watt is still one of the best defensive players in football. Yes, sir. And to me, he's still the best like pure pass rusher in football. Yeah. And he's like T.J. Watt. If I okay, if I had to rank the top three game wreckers in football is. T.J. Watt, Michael Parsons, and his AD at this current state and time, Aaron Donald. I'll give you that. Like, we're talking about straight game records. It's like, if you don't plan – if you don't have a plan for them, he will – he one, he will end your quarterback, and he might just take the football with you. T.J. Watt is the best pass rusher to take the football out your hands. And Miles Garrett – that's the it, first thing he's going to do. Miles Garrett is sniffing that – or oh, sniffing man, that third spot from fourth. I, I scratch that. I'm putting Miles Garrett number three. I'm putting AD. I'm putting AD at four. I forgot about Miles. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And Aaron Donald's a beast, but Miles Garrett, like when you're doing dribble moves <laughs> before Bro, you go sack, it wasn't the fact that he worked. He told like he literally somebody said this in the interview. Miles Garrett told the offensive line what he's gonna do, and he's gonna do it anyway. And they couldn't stop him. But he Larry he, he pulled, offensive line. He um, pulled a Larry Bird. He bro, said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, and you can't stop it. But anyway, going back along with that game, Deshaun didn't play great. Neither offense played very well. Uh, neither offense played well. No, because Matt Canada can't Steelers, call us. That is Matt, true. That Matt is Canada's true. calling games from collect. That is true. 
Uh, but the Steelers, <laughs> they weren't able to find some type of run game as the game kind of later went on. They like they finally wore down uh, Cleveland's defense. Right. I think Cleveland's defense is going to be top five this season. I think they're going to be fine offensively. They got to figure out an identity now that Nick Chubb is out. Oh, they also uh, also uh, Kareem Hunt's back and back to Cleveland, so that's going to yeah. help out a little bit. But they better figure out something. Cam Akers got traded to Minnesota today. Did you see that? Yeah, that had to happen. That had to happen. He, he, he had to get out of LA. He, need, he needed to be out, and Kyron Williams took his job. Kyron Williams took his lunch money. But not on that. Like, Cam Akers, he has not lived up He has not lived up to what they expected no. from him since he's been drafted. He's been buns since he got drafted. You ain't said that in a long time. <laughs> I, I'm trying to come up with it. I'm trying to go back to other insults. But that's okay, but what, what kind? We talking about Walmart brand? We talking about the like the actual? No, you remember? Uh, you okay? You remember the actual bakery place? You remember the actual bakery place back in Statesboro? Nature's the own, actual, yeah. yeah, yeah. The bread, yeah, bro. We talking about he, he's he's a he's a dollar pack of a dollar four pack of Nature's own buns. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go great value. I, I don't want to disrespect great value like that. <laughs> great value got me through a lot in college, but uh, no, no, nothing. Go to Domino's. Oh yeah, that too. Cookout, all of it. <laughs> Shout out, Cookout. Cookout, you want to sponsor a sports podcast? Hit us up. <laughs> Dude, Domino's, help us out, man. Yeah, hey, come oh, on, bring it. But anyway, well, anyway, look, that was the most entertaining Monday Night Football game of the whole uh, of the whole week. For sure. I was happy about that. I was happy. Look, I like George Pickens. Mm-hmm. I was happy that he was able to get a career high. He looked he looked good, and they've always seen potential with him. It's just, dog, do you look at more of Matt Canada than you do Kenny Pickett, or is it Kenny Pickett than Matt Canada? It's Canada's fault, 100%. Okay. It's 100%. He, he called four verts from the eight last week. Week one, did you see that? Eight yard line. He calls four verts. Are you kidding me, sir? Put the pipe down against the Niners. Against it. I don't care what team. Why are you calling four verts from the eight? Next game. Yeah, I mean that, that's wild to me. But we can take Miami right into contender and pretender. Honestly, Miami looks legit, bro. Here's the thing. Miami looks legit. Real quick, I'll get into I'll get into it like right after this. Mm-hmm. Mike McDaniels is the best offensive play call, uh, play caller, like play designer. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's him, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. Oh, scratch that. Him. Right now, right now, we're just talking about the season. It's McDaniels. It is Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, then Sean McVay. As far as straight up design and how you draw things up. I don't even and know if I can put Andy Reid in the top five right now. They haven't scored more than 25 points. Look, we're talking about design. We're talking about design. We're talking about design. Mike McDaniels, like um, somebody – I forgot who said it on the talk show earlier earlier today. They say he's like the Harry Potter of the NFL. Like he's a wizard with, on how he designs things, man. <laughs> but, dog, did you see that halftime interview that he did? Yeah, like, he just booked he it. He was booked but dog, it's like it's not just his design; it's also the belief that he puts into his players. They believe in this man. Yeah. And do. when I th- and when they first hired him, I'm thinking like, bro, you hired him. But then he started like they like the whole team started clicking. Mm-hmm. Big Fangio, they had a terrific game plan against the Patriots offense. Now they let their foot off the gas because Matt was still able to get some things going. By the way, Matt, Matt and Bill O'Brien, it's working. It's working. They just ain't got no weapons. 
Yeah. They don't have no speed. They don't have no explosive uh, explosiveness out on the outside. A lot of that's on Bill Belichick. But mm. I digress. That's a story for another day. But Mike McDaniels, the schemes, the uh, play designs, dog, giving Mike McDaniels a Tyreek Hill and a Jalen Waddle. And Jalen Waddle. Uh, along with uh, the, uh, like with A Chain that came out of Texas A and M, Ackman and a Raheem Mostert, it's just unfair, man. But I'm happy for two on that one. But the biggest thing that I want to uh, that I brought up in games is this: everybody and their mama and their cousin and their ex and they sneak and sneaky link knew that Patriots was gonna take away the deep ball from New England. For not, sure. not New England, but Miami. For sure. And they did that. They took away the deep ball. Here's the problem: Mike, Mike McDaniel said like. I bet, bet. we're going to run it. We can we'll, throw short. We'll run it. We'll, we'll throw short medium. Because we know New England's going to leak. New England's going to be top five in sacks in sack team-wise uh, once again. But they couldn't get no pressure on two because he got the thing out fast. That was the game plan. We're going to give it into – we're going to go ahead and get the ball in the hands of our playmakers. They're going to get the first downs. And even when they didn't have to throw it short, bro, Tua was throwing money balls. He was throwing mm-hmm. dots. He was still able to get big yards. Now, the one interception that he threw over to the rookie uh, Gonzalez out of Oregon, look, he made a good, uh, made a great play, and he sailed it. It's gonna yeah. happen. But Here's when my... you, but when your defense able to come back and uh, like get get a stop, and then your offense come first play, he said like hand it off up the middle, and let Raheem Mostert just take uh, like take it to take it to the crib. Mm-hmm. And I was happy for Raheem Mostert. So like Miami, they're legit because they can play any type of game that you want. You want to play slow? All right, we'll play slow, but it's going to be full, full slow. So here's here's my question: Did Miami is Miami solidifying taking Tua over Justin Herbert? I think absolutely. In a sense, I think absolutely, and here's why I think absolutely. In a sense, in a sense, because it's also about like where you go. So with that one, mind you, Brian Flores didn't want Tua; he wanted Herbert. No, I know. Um, but McDaniel's he believes in Tua. Mm-hmm. And they work together, so it's a win-win situation with Miami. Miami got it right. I think Miami would have got it right either way with either quarterback you took. I disagree. But with the fact that they made the right decision on hiring Mike McDaniel's for Tua, and you're getting a good outcome out of it. I, I Miami I, looks good either way. I think Herbert is not as good as Tua. We'll get we'll get into the charges in a minute because like believe me we'll get into them in a minute. Oh, I, it, Herbert, and it, for all the people who are like again, the Chargers' defense is their biggest weak spot. However, talk about Miami. Oh, I know, but it, it will honestly. In a Miami looked great, but honestly, we can jump right into contender pretender. Honestly, because oh, Miami. His name. There's a dude. Bradley Chubb had had it to me his best game as a Dolphin. Forced fumble in a sack, but that Van Geichel dude. He looked good. I like I like him. He was everywhere. Van Geico, mind you, this Dolphins defense does not have Jalen Ramsey yet. It's gonna be even better because right now they're ranked number four. Mm-hmm. That Miami defense is about to be disgusting. It, it's gonna get it's gonna get better, and that offense ain't going nowhere as long as Tua stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So you take all that account, and not to mention you, we mentioned we mentioned Russ and the Broncos. They got to go to Miami mm-hmm. this week. Miami so, again. I got Miami again because that defense can't stop anything. But like it's Tua looks oh, great. Now you want to blame John. Oh, now you want to call it the defense. I never didn't want to call out the defense. I clearly they're an issue. But again, Russ is missing wide open reads. That that was my issue last year, and that's my issue this year. We'll see. 
I'm not again. He he's not like he doesn't need to retire tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying. I'm no, saying Pat he. Patrick Peterson is toast. <laughs> so, like for me though, like it, it's net, net game. Yeah, well, honestly, like that that was it for the games. So, I mean, like it, let's get right into contender, pretender, and then panic and not panic. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get the two and O teams and the O and two teams, and we're gonna say if they're a contender or pretender, and if they're O and two, do they panic or not panic? So, let's get it. Let's, let's get jump it. right into it. Let's do two and O first. Start with the AFC Dolphins two and O. We contender, we pretender. Contender without question. As long as oh, two I'm, stay healthy, I'm with one hundred percent. As long as two is healthy, they're a contender. Mind you, look, the right tackle, the right tackle for um for Miami, I think his name is Jackson. He went up against Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and then last and then last week, Matt Judon and uh, Keon White, the rookie out of um, Georgia Tech, who actually has been playing pretty good. Mm-hmm. You went against that. I think Tua's only got sacked what once. I don't have to I check. Think it's, he hasn't really got sacked. He really hasn't got sacked. Right credit to Tua, but also credit the offensive line, and they ain't got Teron Armstead back yet. That's only gonna get better. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, definitely contender. And the defense is only gonna get better. Contender. Ravens contender pretender. Contender. I'm with you. Um, Lamar, it, it, look, um, Todd Monkin, he got a good game plan. Lamar is Lamar. But like Lamar got weapons now. Say flowers, mm-hmm. bro. That dude is shifty, man. Mm-hmm. He is shifty. He is shifty on his part. He's making. He's gonna make plays. Uh, I hate that Odell got hurt again. But Rashad Rashad Bateman still there. They still got more Andrews, who's a top two, who was definitely a top two tight end in football. So, yeah. And the Ravens defense, they're gonna keep improving. They're gonna have their moments. But as long as you got Lamar Jackson, who is Right now, my top three in MVP votes right now, uh, yeah, contender. I agree. I think they're both contenders. Now, let's go over to the NFC real quick. Dallas, pretender. Pretender for two reasons. I'm going to go to credible reason. <laughs> the defense is contenders. That's a championship-type defense. Mike Parsons has been dominated. Our front has been dominated. But, again, you dominate the New York, the New York teams. You beat the you, you dominate the Giants and you dominate the Jets and both offensive lines are bottom tier. They don't have and a challenge. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give credit and then you got Arizona this week and then you got New England the next week. And you then don't you have, got New, oh, okay New England that's a that might be a challenge. They don't have a legitimate threat until October 8th when they play the 49ers. Okay, yeah, exactly. So like, good chance they're gonna go three. They're gonna go three. They're gonna either be three and one or four and zero. Oh. Like after, like until they face the Niners. So look, yep. I give them the credit. The pretending part is this: as much as CD's all going CD, according to plan. <laughs> I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. Yeah. CD Lamb, he's been playing good. Offense, they have not been scored a whole lot of points. When they get in the red zone, most likely they either kicking a field goal. That's why they're that's why they're kicking on like their field goal kicker. He's he's number two in fantasy points right now as a kicker. So offensively, they're not putting up a whole lot of points. The defense is getting stopped, but the offense is not putting up a whole lot of points. That's why I got both. The nine, I got the Niners ahead of of the uh, of the Cowboys right now in the NFC, and I got the Dolphins ahead of them overall in the NFL because you if you because right now we're in a league that's offense based on going to get championships, but your defense got to be able to get some stops. Your defense is great, but your offense can't score a whole lot of points, and you need to score a whole lot of points to win a Super Bowl this season or in general. So yeah. 
Dallas. So I'm gonna say pretender only because of this reason, and this is the non-credible part. Everybody knows I hate the Dallas Cowboys. So do I. And so they're winning right now. Like now we can say it's all, all according, according to, to plan. plan. Even if they win the division it's or don't, they'll make the playoffs. It's all according to plan. Pretender. They're called the one stars for a reason. Shout out, Jim. Uh, Eagles. Contender. Contender. That, that 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 we don't even need to explain. Pretender. That. They'll be they'll be fine. It's gonna take time for their uh, for Jalen Hurts and the office coordinator to be able to like get some rhythm. Mm-hmm. But against the Vikings, they find a little bit of identity. They can run it on anybody. That offensive line's gonna find a way. DeAndre Swift, if he stay healthy, he's gonna he's gonna be top five in rushing. Because Commanders. he's really gonna help out. Um, real quick, real quick, the whole AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts altercation in silence. They'll be fine. Don't They're don't fine. Like, don't think don't think too much don't, about it. They'll be fine. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Uh, it, it, it's fine. It, it's two competitors, you know, like trying to you know help the other team win. It's fine. Like don't don't worry about it. Commanders, contender, pretender, pretender. You say contender, pretender. Ah, see, I don't. They're not gonna. They're not gonna win the division. They uh, the, they're I, gonna they, fight. They're gonna fight hard for a wild card spot. They, I'll say. Um, I'll say I playoff contender. EB. I'll I say playoff EB. contender. Their secondary is a lot better than what I thought. Their front is going to be there, but it's not consistent yet. You can still run the ball on them, and you can pass on them a little bit if they got, if they got, uh, if your quarterback got enough time. And if they go against a really elite, deep, uh, a really elite offense, they're going to put up more points than what uh, Washington is going to do. Washington has to be able to control the game from the ground, uh, mm-hmm. from the ground, and the play action. Again, I'll, I trust Eb, but Sam Howell, he's not enough to be able to get, uh, make you a contender. So pretender. I'll say. Playoff contender, not Super Bowl contender. That's what I mean. We're talking about Super Bowl contender. Yeah, they're they're a playoff contender, but not a Super yeah. Bowl contender. 49ers contender. We don't even need to get into Without that. Question, I yeah, know. that that's move on. <laughs> contender, moving on. ATL. Pretender. They are pretenders. I don't trust Desmond Ritter. No, I don't trust Desmond oh. Ritter at all. Pretenders. Not only, not only that, their offense is based on controlling the game, not to put up points. You have to put up points. No, so but, because that because of that. I think the Saints. Are, I think the Saints are going to beat them, and I think Tampa Bay is going to beat them. They I got more offensive firepower now. Bijan Atlanta, Atlanta got weapons. Bijan, he's it. Tyler Algier, I like him. The offensive line is tremendous. Uh, has been tremendous the last, uh, like last few games, including last season. And Drake London, he fits. He fits what they want to do. Mac Collins, he fits exactly what. Well. I'm about to get. I'm about to get there because I want to get on them. <laughs> I said. I tweeted this a while ago. I did too. It is a travesty. It is a shame. It is an abomination what's happening to Kyle Pitts right now. Free Kyle Pitts. He's getting wasted. He is getting dog, dog. Just watching dog. Like you go watch film and you look at Kyle Pitts. He's getting separation and they're not looking his way. This Free is Kyle Pitts. wrong. This is a travesty right now, and it's hurting me because you think about fantasy owners that like that a draft is due. And there's so much potential with him, and he has the talent. But he's in an offense that just does not fit him. Free Kyle Pitts. Free Kyle Pitts. Free Kyle Pitts last year, but free anyway, Kyle Pitts pretend- this year. Anyway, the defense is much improved, but, like, yeah, Atlanta's a pretender. Pretender. Saints. Pretender. Pretender only because I don't trust their offense, even though no. it might kick, you know, like, kick off late in the season. It's still not enough. I don't trust Derek Carr. Their Bucket. defense – it's good, but they definitely that defense can definitely be had. Tampa, pretender, contender, pretender. I'm with you. I, I the whole NFC South is nothing but pretenders. All right, 
okay, stretch that. If I had to pick one team that could be, possibly be a contender, it's going to be Tampa Bay. Here's the reason why. All the experience that's on that team that got championship they're, experience. They're the most Mike complete Evans, team. They got a, they're the most complete team to me because they can run the ball. They can throw it. Baker, if he doesn't turn the ball over, he got the weapons. Baker could do it. He got a chunk load of weapons. And Todd Bowles, he ain't got to worry about nothing but defense. And defense has been showing up late. You still, Shaq Barrett looks like Shaq Barrett that led the league in sacks that one time that got him his contract. And the secondary, you still got you still got uh, Carl, you still got Carl Davis. He's still like one mm. of the most underrated cornerbacks in the league. Uh, Antoine Whitfield Jr. He's going into his third season or mm-hmm. fourth. I've lost count, but anyway, the defense is highly underrated. You still got Devin White and like Levante David, dog. You can't sleep on that. I'm going to, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say contender. I'm gonna say Tampa Bay's a contender. I'll, I'll, I'll Baker, give you that. Baker, he just don't have to make no mistakes. Play like you did when he was with the Rams, where he was just managing the game. That's all he got to do. Playoff contender. Playoff contender, not Super Bowl contender. I feel the I'm same way about. I'm gonna say sneaky, sneaky Super Bowl. I feel the same way about Tampa that I do about uh, the Commanders. It, it's they're a playoff contender, but they won't win it all. All right, panic or don't panic, Panthers. Panic for a lot of reasons. The only the reason Bryce, the health of Bryce Young because that offensive line is gonna get him killed, and they ain't got no weapons outside of Adam Thielen, but it ain't enough. Thielen's done, man. He he could he could. So Thielen is right where Edelman was and Amendola was. They're there to help out the locker room to, in the in the development. Of okay, the but Edel, Edelman still Edelman still had catches and yards in production. Thielen can't problem. separate. Thielen can't separate himself from a. a, a I don't. But he Thielen can't separate. His thing. He's there to help out both Bryce Young in the in, like, in the development of the receivers, and if he leaves the team in. And in yards, that is a problem. Thielen cannot separate himself so from a slot. I will and say I they lost Shaq Thompson, bro. Panic. Here's why I say don't panic. What did we expect? Oh, that was gonna that was gonna be like uh, one of the top five top fives in the draft next year. This is exactly what I expected. I, but here's I'm, the reason why I say panic. Health of Bryce Young. That is the only thing I would be concerned That's about. That's why I'm gonna it, say panic. I, I am the only reason why I'm saying don't panic is because this is exactly what I expected. Bryce Young is going to be in for a very long season. That that trainer that trainer is going to be his best friend. We I'm talking he's cryo tubs. He's everything. Like he is like he needs to. He, he's going to get look. Anybody who thought he couldn't stand up to the test of a full NFL season, we about to find out. So I'm going to kill man. Oh for sure. All right. Panic. Don't panic. Chicago. Panic. Panic. I'm with you. It, it, we might have to walk back what we've been saying about Justin Fields. He he is – I don't know what's happening. Um, I'm going to go coaching. That's my first thought. But there were a lot of reads that Justin Fields did miss. He's missing wide-open reads. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he's in an offense that he's comfortable with. He's not. And I don't think that offense fits him. He got weapons. But that offense does not fit, fit his style, man. I agree. And – there's two things Chicago can do, and they're not going to do it now, but it's going to happen. I think there will be a decision made later on because I actually put Chicago to win that division. I'm dead wrong. I will happily admit that. Um, Chicago could move off of Justin Fields and, like, tank the season and try to position themselves to, like, be a top five team going into draft because there's a lot of quarterbacks going into this year's draft mm-hmm. that can be able to change your future. But Matt Eberflew, before that has to happen, 
I mentioned this a multiple a multi, a multitude of times. Defensive coordinators, defensive minded head coach are going extinct. You must get a true offensive minded head coach that knows what he's doing. So until they get that, they're going to continue to struggle. And the defense does not look good as well. No. So again, panic. Panic. I'm with you. Vikings, panic or not? I say don't panic. I'm going to say don't panic. They still got too much firepower. Yeah, they're gonna be fine. Don't panic, Cardinals. Also, like not not to mention my expectations for them. They're just mid. Yeah, done with they're you. They're just mid, man. Cardinals, panic or don't panic. Don't panic of what we expect. Yeah, this is exactly what we expected. Don't panic. Don't panic. No, don't panic at all. This is what we expected. Uh, Patriots. I say don't I'm panic. Gonna, I'm gonna say don't panic, but very thick. if they lose the Jets, panic. If they lose to the Jets, you better panic. You don't need to panic. Like, Patriots don't need to panic, but their pulse is starting to pick up a little bit. Bro, if they lose to the Jets, they better panic, man. Yeah, if, they, the if they lose to the Jets without Rodgers, panic. Chargers, panic or don't panic? Panic. I'm with you. Panic. Because, look, Herbert had time to put up a drive again, and he didn't do it. Like Herbert's clutch gene needs to go on the back of a milk carton because he—it's not it; it's missing. Oh, Herbert's all about still, it, right? Because he doesn't they have still any got clutch. Staley as a coach. It, it, Staley's fired by the end of the year. Staley's still the coach. That's why I'm saying panic. Staley's fired by the end of the year. You better panic. Staley's fired by the end of the year. Charge. They're real. I still don't think Herbert's that dude. Herbert remind Herbert is Kirk Cousins to me. He's Kirk Cousins with better hair, which isn't a bad thing. But Kirk Cousins isn't a top ten quarterback. Some people think he is, but no. But he's anyway, not. Herbert. Look, is that I want to see Herbert with an offensive head coach, a real. I want to see. I'm I really. I really want to see him with that. A guy that's genius, where they can have a relationship, and you got an offense that fits to the strengths of Justin Herbert. I want to see that. That's why I'm a little bit. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a step. I'm gonna take an ease on like the like the harsh criticism. Now there's still harsh criticism on him, and I got a bunch of guys over him. He ain't a top five guy right no. now. He's still ten, but he ain't five. He, he ain't five or above. That's that. No, nah, not his me. defense is not helping him either. And uh, and that's why I said Staley panic. Mm, no, you I would got panic. that talent and you struggling like that. Panic. Broncos. And you had no. You had single. Co- you had single coverage on Tyreek Hill. Thank you. That's on you. Broncos panic or don't panic. Don't panic. I think the defense got too much talent. They'll figure it out. I I would say. And offensively, look, I mentioned the stats earlier with Russell Wilson. They're legit. It ain't no fluke on them on those stats. They got something there. They're gonna figure it out. It's like you said. It's only week two. Fair enough. They'll be fine. And I don't sound like that. <laughs> oh no, no, that's me. Oh, I know. I'm messing with you. But no, but not panic. I ain't panic. I'm going to say uh, panic. They, like, here's why I'm saying not panic. They're going to beat some teams that nobody thought they was going to beat. Not Miami. No, 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 no. Not Miami. No, they're going to go 0-3 this week. Mm-hmm. I got Miami winning that game. They're going to go 0-3 this week. After that, I think, they're gonna, I think they can squeeze into the playoffs. Wild would, they're going to they're gonna beat some teams that are not supposed to beat. I'm going to say panic because they're not fighting for second place in division. They're fighting for third. Who's gonna be second? Chargers. No. I will say the Chargers will be second. 
Ain't gonna be Oakland. So, so it's gonna be the Chargers. No, Denver's gonna be Denver's gonna be number two. And it's gonna be Denver. It's gonna be it, it, it will be the Chargers, and then it, the Raiders and Broncos will fight for third place. Let me ask you this. Hmm. Who do you who do you trust more right now? Brandon Staley or Sean Payton? Is there a third option where I don't have no. anybody coach? No, the players try to throw him plays in the dirt like we're in the backyard, John. Thanks. Don't even do it. Sean Payton or Brandon Staley, who you trust? Peyton. Exactly. Peyton just because of the history, but Peyton's not proving me right uh-uh. now. Here's the thing. Outside of defense, the Broncos are not a badly coached team. With Nathaniel Hackett, they were a badly coached team. This team, play, this team playing a whole lot better. And to me, they playing better than the Chargers. All right, we got two more teams. Bengals, panic or don't panic? I say don't I'm panic. I'm going to go panic. I'm going to go, don't, they started 0-2 last year. Don't panic. You're going to be fine. Dude, I'm going to tell you why. Joe Burrow got three to four. I'm going to say he got four, he got three to four elite years left. Because guess what? They still haven't protected him. No, they won't. They haven't. And because they haven't, the injuries are starting to pile up. First is the calf during the preseason. He missed all preseason. Chemistry's been off with him and Jamar Chase. Now, are they, do I think they're going? Now, do I think they're going to figure out? Yes, I do. But say like the the Bengals got the Rams this week on Monday night. Mm-hmm. If the Bengals lose and go zero and three, they're not catching the Ravens. I don't think they'll catch the Ravens. And not to mention, we saw what the Browns did to him on that pass rush. I, the Bengals haven't protect and haven't protected Joe Burrow. The injuries start to pile up. He re-aggravated the calf injury against the Ravens. If they go 0-3 and lose to the Rams on Monday night, the Bengals are in dead uh, are in big trouble. Not to mention, T. Higgins' contract is up after this year. You don't think that's lingering in the, mind, in the minds of some people? Now the defense is not bad. It ain't been great, but it ain't that it ain't that bad. They can still get to the pass with Trey Hendrickson, uh, Hubbard, and them. But though. It, you can't protect you can't protect Joe Burrow, and I'm afraid he's gonna. I'm knocking on wood right now. I'm afraid he's gonna get an injury that's gonna keep them out longer than what he's supposed to be. I'm saying the, it's about to get. A, I think it's gonna start getting worse where the injuries start to pile up for Joe Burrow. That's why I'm saying panic. I'm saying I'm saying don't panic because I'm pretty sure they started 0-2 last year and still made the playoffs. But Joe Burrow wasn't hurt. He'll, they'll be fine. Don't panic. There's too much talent on that team to worry at the moment. Houston, but last if you team. cut off the head of the snake, you're dead. Joe Burrow's the head of the snake. I say don't panic. He's compromised. I say don't panic yet. I'm gonna say panic because we'll start to see. We'll start to see it. All right, last team, AFC South, Texans. Panic or don't panic? Don't panic because what the heck do we expect? <laughs> Yeah, now I'm with you. It, it, I would say panic because Damian Pierce wow. has become non-existent. Bro. And everyone's like, oh, look at Stroud. He's thrown for well, so many yards. I'm like, cool, so but they're that garbage line. time. They're, yeah, that offensive line is in trouble. Stroud is yeah, throwing. We're talking, in, we're talking, we want to talk about non-existent. Stroud is throwing for garbage time yards. That's what it is. It, it's stat padding with garbage and he's time running yards. For, and he's running for a lot. And he's mm-hmm. running for a lot. I would say panic if you're Houston. I'm not. I would say panic. So, but that's it. All right. You got anything you want to get to, man? 
First of all, condolences go out to Nick Chubb. He's fought his Absolutely. whole career. Like he suffered, he suffered a season-ending leg injury that's out. That keep that's like he got He's out for the season again. But mm-hmm. remember, this offseason we have talked about and heard a lot about the state of the running back position in the NFL as far as like value financially and be and for them to get paid. It ain't looking good. And right now, the cases are helping out the owners because they felt like at a certain age. Their body getting worn down, and they don't want to pay for a long-term commitment, knowing that they're most likely are not going to be able to get the results or the like, you know, like the investment that they put in, and it's starting to show. Nick Chubb is out for the season. Saquon Barkley, he's out for a couple of weeks. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, heck, he's still out. Um, He'll be back. And not to mention, you look at the way you can easily replace a running back in any type and almost any type of offense, and they and it's looking good. Dog. Like right now, with all these injuries, it, it's not looking good for running backs to be able to like try to win a case with the owners that they should get paid more. It, it makes it interesting. I, I mean, it's it definitely makes it interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it, it's I think Jonathan Taylor is going to come back in the next two three weeks and just crush it. I, I think he's because he's been trained at the facility. He looks good. That run run game outside of Anthony Richardson looks anemic. Like it's he'll come back right now, especially after they played the Jaguars. I'm sure Taylor was watching that game and just kind of called up FaceTime Chris Ballard, just looked down and was like, you know, it would have been different. <laughs> you not having 40 rushing yards. <laughs> I mean, come on. So it, it's uh, I think Taylor absolutely has a case. I don't think they're going to get, they're not going to get paid like wide receivers. They're not. But they do deserve to make a little bit more money. Especially the guys who were like Jonathan, the Jonathan Taylors, the Aaron Jones, the Nick Chubbs, the McCaffreys, the, the, the Josh Jacobs, the Saquons, those guys deserve it because they're carrying their team. That's where the difference is. Basically, what you're talking about is like location, uh, location and situation of the running back. The elite should get paid like the elite, but that depends on where you're at, though. That's fair. Derek Henry's at Tennessee. They ain't got nobody but him. No, I, the, maybe Trey, maybe Trey Burks because he did make a good play. Credit to Ron Tannehill on the throw, but it's Derek. It's Derek Henry a bust. Mm-hmm. That's basically and, it. So, and they know that. So, I, I, I would say it definitely. The, the, now in LA is Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. So, but I would say the elite running backs should get paid like the elite talent that they are. That's what I'm saying. Almost, I agree, but like losing, losing but if that was the case, Saquon should have got paid more than Daniel Jones. I agree. I I have been saying that for months. But here, here's what I'll say. I, I would say almost treat it like the tight end position. The Mark Andrews, the Travis Kelseys, the George Kittles, those guys get paid exorbitant amounts of money because they're some of the best in the game. The other tight ends, you know, the Hawkinson, I think, got a decent thing. But the um, what is it? The, the Gerald Everett's, the Tyler Higbees, don't get paid as much. The, the Dawson Knoxes, they don't get paid as much because they're not as good. That's what it should be like. The elite get that high level of pay, whereas the others don't get that. That's what I think should be the case. But on that note, man, let's go ahead and close out the show. I think we're definitely over our hour time. So thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, thanks for sticking with us. We'll try to have this episode out later this week. Um, if you like the show, tell everyone you know. Uh, let us know on 
you know, whatever podcast platform you listen to with a five-star review, comment, retweet, the stuff like that. If you want to find us on Twitter, go check out at TDSNPod. That's the best place to find us. Interact with us and be able to get a hold of us as well. If you like our takes, don't like our takes, let us know there. It's also to see when we post the show. And also to see whatever platform you prefer to listen on. Uh, we're, we're on it. Whatever platform that is, we're there. If you like the show, five-star review, tell everyone you know. Comment, five stars. If you didn't like it, treat it like a bad date. It's not you, it's us. It's not us, it's you. Whatever helps you sleep better at night, that's fine. I don't care. Remind, um, remind us, we are not sponsored by anybody, so you can't you can't discredit nobody. Exactly. We have no sponsors. <laughs> Unsponsored. Yeah, sponsorless. But anyways, uh, if you want to get a shout out as well, best way to do that is to retweet or uh, is to retweet the show or give a five star review, um, or just be a show that we like to listen to. One of those. Uh, so or be shows that we've worked in the past and just you know friends of the show. So shout outs for the podcast we listen to and guys that retweet the show as well. Go check out Fan of the Van. Uh, Jim puts on a fantastic show. If you're looking for an uncensored version of us, um, very uncensored version of us. Him and I also do a show called Steel and Teal. Check that one out. Um, Go check out Brent and Dave of 1420. Brent's probably the busiest man in podcasting. Uh, no question no question about it. Dude's got 40,000 shows. Uh, go check out Aaron over at uh, Brutally Honest Sports. Go check out the guys at the BSC Sports Podcast. Uh, go check out Dave and John of 11 The Playing Field. Go check out the We Like Sports Podcast. Go check out E-Man over at Average Sports. Uh, go check out the uh, I-95 East Coast Sports Podcast as well. Always, always, always go check out Sports After Dark. Um, if you're looking for sports takes on TikTok, go check out Darian, uh, chill takes great stuff. I did reach out to him. Uh, we, we are, we're working. He was on not something. available this week. You're oh, I know. I know we're working on something. Uh, if you're looking to gamble outside of an L- outside of an NFL facility and you are an NFL player, go check out Nate's daily wager. If you're just looking to know what to do sports, but wise again, go check out Nate's daily wager. Um, if you're looking for something a little different, stupid history minute, uh, go check them out. And then if you're looking for something to do in Vegas, if you don't want to go watch a Raiders game or potentially an A's game, if they ever end up there, who knows anymore, go check out uh, Visit Vegas Places. Coyle puts on a great show. And thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, we'll see you next time. Peace.